Welcome to the Encore Audio Video Podcast. Innovative technology simplified with the Encore Systems designers, Jeff Grove and Clark Von Trotha. Here's your host, Luke Anderson. Well, welcome uh, into uh, the latest episode of the Encore Audio Video Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Anderson. Sitting across from me, Clark Von Trotha. To my left is Jeff Grove. Gentlemen, what is happening today? It's very warm outside. That is very true. It has been warm all week. Uh, it has been uh, very hot at points, and uh, that draws perfectly into today's conversation. We're going to talk about yeah. uh, temperature and its effect on all sorts of things from your audio video equipment to your uh, network equipment to some appliances possibly. Uh, so now is a perfect time uh, to talk about heat and how it affects your equipment. Uh, Jeff, you have a personal story that kind of led into this topic, right? Yeah. Um, so so t- heat is not a, a good bedfellow uh, of electronics, yeah. long story short. But uh, the electronics create their own heat too. That so. as well. Correct. Yeah. 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 And so if, if, if electronics are not in an environment that's being somewhat controlled temperature-wise, uh, they tend to, for lack of a better term, freak out. Okay. And uh, my personal experience as of late with all the crazy temperatures is uh, the Wi-Fi and the local area network and the internet coming in and whatnot um, seems to be intermittent uh, when it gets really warm. And we're talking triple digits hot, or is it um, 90s? Because we've, we've seen all that this week. Even 90s, okay. um, for, for at least for me. And I know part of the, the issue in, in my particular situation is that part of my local area network is located in the garage in the, the low-voltage panel that is not an area of the house that is air-conditioned. Mm. So there's no real great way to control that other than, you know, try to make sure it's ventilated as good as possible. But I do find that when these temperatures really start to get warm for extended periods of time, especially that it is not uncommon that I need to reboot parts of my network on a somewhat regular basis just to get them to come back to working normally. And one of the big frustrations there is that we get into triple digit heats. The first thing you want to do is spend more time inside. Like no, right. no, when it gets right. uncomfortable outside, uh, that's when you want everything inside to work properly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So you're, you're trying to listen to some music streaming. You're trying to work from home uh, via the internet. You're, you're trying to, to, to watch a TV show in the evening from whatever your favorite streaming service is, whatever. And your internet connection's not great or your Wi-Fi doesn't work great. So um, having to rectify those problems in hopefully a somewhat timely fashion is crucial. Now, there is a pretty big difference between somebody like me and somebody like you trying to figure out what the problem is with yeah. your with your local area network. <laughs> I wouldn't really know where to begin. Uh, so where did you start to kind of look at this problem uh, to solve it for yourself. So, so you start with what's coming into the house, which is your internet service provider, and, mm-hmm. and see if that connection to the outside world is working properly. Yeah. And whether you're using the tools that are provided by the internet service provider or you're using some of the tools that we have with some of the products that we very often deploy into projects, that's how we start. Mm-hmm. Um, when the weather is this warm, and sometimes... Uh, Conversely, when it was really cold um, during the winter months, we saw some issues during those time frames as well. 
And it's not uncommon for those lines that feed the house to have some issues just due to temperature. Yeah. So sometimes it's as simple as reboot the modem. And sometimes it's, oh, well, the whole neighborhood is messed up right now. Yeah. And we just simply have to wait. But that's, that's where I always start is, okay, am I having a feed problem? Or is it something inside of my house that's the issue? And then from there, you start drilling down to, okay, is, could it be the router that needs to be rebooted? Could it be the network switch that feeds all the devices in the house that needs to be rebooted? And then ultimately, could it be those devices that create the Wi-Fi, i.e. The, the wireless access points that need to be rebooted? And at least um, for me, I've, I've discovered all of the above. Uh, <laughs> okay. it's, it's, uh, it's, there's no rhyme or reason. I usually just start at the top, try one thing. That fixes it great. If it doesn't move to the next thing and on we go. Um, so a couple just, things in there that, that, uh, are above my pay grade. Uh, Clark, when you're setting up a network, yeah. is there a way that you can anticipate problems so that the equipment, uh, yeah. can, can be set up in a way that it, it's most effectively solving problems yeah. uh, either by itself or, or with your help. Yeah, a lot of our designs encompass a sort of a self-healing approach. So when, oh, there you, when go. you do lose power or you lose um, network, to Je what Jeff's point, you know, with, with heat, um, we can be strategic in how we can help remotely. So that's the first, kind of the first part of that. But it goes a lot deeper than that because networks these days are pretty much the core of anything in, mod in modern electronics or appliances functioning properly in terms of, you know, how our clients would use them typically. So what that means is that everything is part of that conversation in the house usually. And once the sort of the litmus test, we always tell people when they're looking at kind of how advanced is my system before I have to really worry about a lot of these things. And mm -hmm. this is sort of a good rule of thumb is if you're streaming audio and video, which who isn't correct? Yeah. Which who isn't these days? <laughs> yeah. Or you're just if you or you've decided, hey, I want some kind of simple system control in yeah. my house to operate things. Um, then then you're going to need some kind of a back end self healing type approach to that system uh, because it's not a question of if it's a question of when. You're going to need to have some some devices be power cycled. And so we have a, a really, uh, I think, a really streamlined approach to that where we have certain components that we put into the system that help us not just power cycle devices remotely, but also see things and have a, a better clue as to what maybe is going on, you know, so, so it gives us a little more insight have, into it. But you have access remotely. So, Correct. so if, if, if my system fails compared to Jeff's system failing, yeah. uh, I like I said, I'm at a loss, but if the two of you can come and look at it yeah. remotely without having to get in, it's going to save uh, me or any of your customers a, a huge headache. Yeah, and it, it also saves the time from the, from the time they've contacted us to the time we can help them. It saves a lot of time. Often, most of the time, we can fix things remotely. It's rare we can't. Okay. And, and it's also not just the time we can help the person, but it's also about... Strategic. So let's say to Jeff's example earlier that the service provider is is kind of at fault after much back sure. and forth, and we've looked at things. We've just it looks like oh yeah, it looks like everything's pretty much offline on your system, and it's we're pretty confident it's a service provider issue. That's very helpful when contacting the service provider sure. to know that, <laughs> yeah, as opposed to oh, I don't know, and I'll just call them up and see what happens. You know, that's just a waste of everyone's time especially yeah. the clients. So. And then at that point, I mean, usually if there's an outage, you can just go to the service provider and they should be, should have some yep. sort of indicator. Is that a pretty common practice? Yeah. Usually when, when at least I, I use 
Xfinity. And most of the time when there's an outage in my area, I have my account set up to notify me. So I get a text okay. from Xfinity that there's an outage in your area and here's the estimated time frame before it's going to come back online. Now, so let's say there is a, a service outage in, in my area. It, when everything comes back online, is every system going to be able to, to reboot and do everything that it needs to to get my equipment back online? Or is that something that's going to be a little bit more complicated depending on how that system is set up? It's, so with, with the yeah. products that we deploy, uh, it, it is very common that we build strategic delays for power up. So when things turn back on, in theory, they come back on in, in the right order so that we don't deal with the issue that you're, you're poking at here. Um, that, that works, I'm going to say, 90% of the time. Okay. There, there are instances where we still need to do a, a reboot of one or a few devices after all that stuff comes back up. Yeah. But in most cases, if we build it, correctly and, and build those timings correctly, it, it fixes most of those problems. And that kind of leads back to a, a part of the, I think the question you asked earlier to Clark on uh, how, how to kind of help in more layman's terms. And there's essentially three different ways that we, we can deploy the system. And often we use all three. Um, obviously we have the ability to help from afar but that does mean that you got to reach out to us and we need to get into the system and so on. Sure. Um, as part of the, the service plan that it, it's part of these products there and there's an annual fee that goes with it, but it's not a lot for the course of a year. Uh, as part of that plan, there is a user app on your mobile device that we can build to do reboots that you can deploy for whether it just be a modem, just be the router, the whole network, your, control four system, whatever. So this is instead of climbing behind the the Correct. equipment yeah. where you have everything set up or going out in the garage and finding everything Correct. and knowing just, I mean, we talk about integration all the time, but just simply yeah. being able yep. to go into the app instead of yep. going unplugging. Exactly. <laughs> holding Correct. for 30 it's, seconds. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to do that. It's, it's an app that, that we can build reboots uh, strategically for whatever you want. Okay. Yeah, and so, I've, it's it's and that that's usually a conversation between you and us uh, yeah. you know on on what what do you want and then the the last part of of that is if there is some known things on your system that just get unhappy after you know a week or so of use and they just need to be restarted on a regular basis mm. we can build scheduled reboots that happen at let's say two o'clock in the morning on a Thursday night. Now, is that a good way to find out if your spouse is watching TV in the middle of the night or is could that? Be. Yeah. It could be. Could be. It, could be. it just keeps shutting off at 2 a.m. What are you doing up at yeah. 2 a.m., children? But again, those are conversations between. Oh, okay. Uh, between, gotcha. That's between, not something you guys between, saw. Between, <laughs> yeah, between us, us and Sorry, you Luke. on, hey, I can, I can reboot this <laughs> Apple TV, Roku, whatever it is, yeah. once a week. Uh, you know, what day of the week and what time would you like that to happen? Yeah. Okay, okay. great. We can build those things too. So usually with with a combination of those three things, uh, we, we can keep most systems pretty stable. Fantastic. One other important point too, I think, that a lot of clients 
um, sometimes can be confused by and I think is important to address when we're talking about kind of self-healing systems and, and all the services that Jeff and I have been talking about um, is the network itself versus the service provider network. So when you have a service provider network that you've gotten from whoever. So uh, I sign up for Xfinity. Right. They give me a modem. They say, plug it in, plug yeah. all your devices in. You're good to go. Yeah. So that modem is oftentimes or a gateway type pieces is a, a modem, a router, an, an access point delivering wireless and a switch all, all in, in one. one, all yeah. is one. And when you do that, um, oftentimes, you know, those devices um, are, are, are not optimal to do a lot of what we usually do with clients offering control systems, offering, you know, st uh, streaming experience, offering great fidelity and audio. It's not the perfect way to go. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but really it distills down to a lot of the smarts that are in the router. And, and so what we tell people is if we can provide the LAN or the local area network in your home versus using the service provider, um, there is a massive difference in that experience uh, for the client. And it's rare if, if you're doing streaming with us, you know, audio video streaming, or you're doing a control system, we don't do those systems unless we're providing the local area network. And, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but, but this conversation about self-healing systems is, is part of that. And it's important to understand that oftentimes when you're using the service provider pieces, you're not getting the speeds you're paying for specifically on wireless. Okay. Um, and you can improve that dramatically by using your own local area network, not just with the throughput speed and so forth uh, that you can achieve from all these mobile devices that you have in your house that use the wireless only generally. Um, but it's also about reliability. Mm -hmm. um, how reliable is that network? And if we're going to access something and you've got company coming over and there's some big party you're doing and... or, or and you're, you've been having kind of problems with the network over the last day or so, and we're supposed to look at it on a Sunday, having a reliable network is key. It's also yeah. key to delivering all those experiences for you. So again, I stress people to understand that that's part of the conversation when we do this. Makes sense. And yeah. uh, one of the things that we talk about often on these podcasts and uh, in general is the advancing technology, how often is the technology needing to be replaced on those networks. So if you get yeah. the, the service provider uh, equipment or you're building your own local yeah. area network, at what point do you need to look at it and go, I've had this for five years. There's a pretty good possibility that the question. technology is not yeah. caught up. That's yeah. a great question. Uh, the, the biggest thing is right now is the, the wireless side of things. Mm -hmm. So those wireless access points that create your, your Wi-Fi in your home. And at least with the products that we've been doing for quite a few years now, they built them in a way that they're capable of, at least thus far, everything that we're capable of offering via firmware updates. Okay. So the, those wireless access points being the, the, the main culprit of what we're talking about speed-wise here have had numerous updates over the last several years that have enabled these greater, faster speeds. And in some cases, some of the newer forms of Wi-Fi, that's not something that people should get too tied to because talk about all these, these newer forms. And ultimately, it doesn't matter who your service provider is, those, those greater forms of Wi-Fi have speeds that are exponentially greater than any service provider currently provides. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. So so buying one of these new 
what they the, the big buzz right now is Wi-Fi 6. Buying one of these Wi-Fi 6 access points doesn't gain you anything because gotcha. Comcast isn't capable of speeds, generally speaking, over one gig yeah. at best. Um, same thing is true with CenturyLink, and, and we can go on and on and on here. So, and, and all these access points that we're selling right now on the Wi-Fi side of things are capable of upwards of two gigs Wi-Fi. Yeah. So they're already capable of twice the speed uh, versus what your internet service provider can provide. So we're good for quite a while right so, now. So there's, I mean, there's two things that happens with advancing technology, right? You get the you get the newest, latest, greatest 8K, 16K, whatever it is. Mm television but there's no content for it right, right. that's kind of yeah. what you're saying is you can get these access points that have greater speed capabilities but nobody delivers that speed so it doesn't really your devices don't need that speed your your actual what you're being provided doesn't have that speed so sometimes yeah. rushing to the the first advancement in technology not the the greatest idea but also there is archaic technology that if you don't have the ability to update that firmware probably some worth looking yeah, at and having that headroom it's just the headroom he's talking yeah. about you know having a little growing room you know so when you yeah. put the system in it's not you know a lot of people think of technology and they think oh i got to replace this in two three years or whatever no i mean if you if you're putting in something that that actually has far beyond the specs of what's available today you can get a, a, a fair amount of time out of that um and that's an important that's an important factor because things continually improve and you're always updating phones you're <laughs> always updating computers and things like that that where Until your computer goes i can't take any more of these updates i'm well, dying I, on you, buddy. I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> then you need to get a new computer yeah that's, that's exactly right I, I it'll, it'll tell you, you i could give you a real world example so uh, my internet service provider where i'm at right now says they deliver speeds up to quote unquote oh sure 800 megabits per second down and because it's xfinity they truncate the up so only a 50, which you never see. So anyway, I do uh, a speed test, a hardwired speed test, which is the only real way to test your network because a wireless speed test is... Just testing your wireless access points. Yeah, yeah. so it's gonna, that's going to be all over, the, all over the place. So you do a wired speed test, and with the products that we sell on the networks that we deploy, they actually do speed tests um, typically a couple times a day. Yeah. So I don't actually have to deploy a speed test. I can just do it by looking in on my product remotely. And generally speaking, I get somewhere in the neighborhood of between 250 and 500 down, even though I'm told I'm supposed yep. to get 800 down. So then on the Wi-Fi side of things, those access points that can quote unquote do two gigabits of wireless transfer Again, irrelevant yep. because I'm not getting speeds greater than 500 ever. Yeah, there you go. Thus the point. Makes, makes perfect sense. So the, the, the genesis of this conversation was heat. Uh, gets too hot, gets too cold. You're going to have things that affect your network. Um, but we've talked about indoor, outdoor, uh, audio, video, uh, automatic blinds, all of those things. Are there any other elements where we really need to be careful of heat. I know we've talked about having your furniture set up so that you're not putting equipment that generates its own heat so that it can sit in there. But with this outdoor, indoor, anything else where we really need to be kind of mindful of the heat beyond the network? Yeah, smaller spaces is always the big big conversation with that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're, if you're trying to shoehorn a lot of equipment into a small space, you need to be aware of convection, airflow, 
uh, issues and, and, and look at that uh, seriously. Um, if the equipment is too hot to touch, it's, uh, that's obviously an easy, quick rule, but, sure. but clearly there's a lot more to that. And, <clears throat> and so we look at that a lot. And, and there are things you can deploy if that's the only place you can put equipment but it makes things a lot more difficult. You're going to have to start getting into like, uh, you know, temperature uh, engaging fan kits and, and, uh, and other things just to kind of bust that hot air out of the small cavity. But in generally speaking, um, that's the big, that's yeah. the, one of the biggest things to be concerned. And with. so when yeah. the temperature rises outside, obviously for a lot of homes, it rises inside, no matter how good your air conditioning is or yeah. you, or you let your house get a little bit warmer when you're away, something to be mindful of, of anything yep. that's running constantly yeah. uh, to be aware of. What about the outdoor audio video equipment? Is that all pretty much designed to take extreme temperatures? Pretty much, but it still can't hurt to be mindful of placement based on sun. Okay. So, and, and more so with things like outdoor wireless access points, televisions, cameras, you know, those real electronics pieces. Speakers, on the other hand, especially like the landscape speaker concept, those are very robust. Okay. So we don't need to be so mindful of, of that. But, but definitely, if, you're, if you want to put a TV outside, if you want to put uh, cameras or wireless access points, and we're talking about putting them on the side of the house that we know is sun's bearing down for good part of the day. Um, maybe we need to rethink that exact location to be a little bit protected just so that it's not getting hammered by. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's a big factor in there. We're taking indoor equipment and moving it outside versus having something that's, oh, that's dedicated it, for outside. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that goes without that, saying. That goes without saying. Yeah, okay. that's a, I said it anyways. That's, that's typically a <laughs> terrible idea. <laughs> Uh, if you expect it to last any sort of duration. Yeah. Luke, we're, we're ready for your appointment. All right. Yeah, you're coming over. No, we're ready for your appointment. All right. Perfect. We'll get that scheduled uh, right after we finish up this podcast. Uh, I, 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 think, I think the big thing, uh, the big takeaway from today's uh, conversation, though, is is if you're trying to get the most out of your audio and video, it's not just the equipment you or the delivery of your audio and video, uh, that network is very important. The way it's built, the way it's conceptualized, where it can self-heal, uh, to yeah. use your word, uh, Clark, uh, is equally as important. And, and trusting your service provider to give yeah. you the best equipment is probably a uh, little naive. Yes. yes. Anything else that we missed on for that? Uh, that that's... That's, that's quite a, good, a bit of info. So yeah, I, that's yeah. a good well, overview. And, that's a good and, overview. And if, we'll if say. you'd like to have uh, an easy solution when things go wrong, you can either invite Jeff to move in with you, uh, <laughs> or you can have Encore Audio Videos set up your local area network. And to do that, you can simply give these guys a call or go online to Encore Audio Video uh, on the Absolutely. web. But we're right here, Fourteenth and Everett. We're sitting in uh, in your beautiful theater room uh, right now, recording this podcast, Fourteenth and Everett uh, in downtown Portland. Uh, a great place to come and see some of the. Uh, available equipment uh, you yeah. can set up for speakers, televisions, theaters, projection, all of that. So, yeah. EncoreAudioVideo.com. Uh, thanks for listening to the Encore Audio Video Podcast. Jeff, thank you. Clark, thank you, thanks, Luke. Thanks, as always. And we'll see you guys again soon for another episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Encore Audio Video Podcast. If you have questions about today's topic or to schedule your free consultation with Jeff and Clark, go to EncoreAudioVideo.com.